This episode of the Happy Hour is brought to you by Sci-Fi Saturdays Bartow. It's going to be February 21st, 2015 from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. We're going to be there. We've also got the author of Big Ass Shark, Briar Lee Mitchell. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I love her. Oh, yeah. And on top of that, we've got the Intergalactic Trading Company, which is going to be there on site, which is going to be awesome. Don't forget, Star Wars fans, the 501st Legion will be on hand with stormtroopers and all other kinds of Star Wars people. Also, the two-story high movie wall, we're going to be playing Star Trek for the Voyage Home. We're going to have Mako Photo Lab on hand to take your picture and actually put you on a comic book cover there live where you can take the picture home with you the same day. Whoa. And all brought to you by Main Street Bartow Incorporated, our main sponsor, Stingray Chevrolet, Simply Storage, Pyramid Fasteners, and SLS Entertainment. They'll be face painting, and you can have your picture taken with a life-size TARDIS. Not one, but two life-size. Did you say two deuce? I said two. I said there'll be Deuce is there. Okay, you fans out there are going to love the life-size Cylon Raider from the original Battlestar Galactica. And don't forget the king of the B-movies, Joel D. Winecoop will be on hand to sign autographs with copies of his DVD. And all you Doctor Who fans, come dress like Doctor Who for the Lookalike Contest. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be all at Sci-Fi Saturdays Barto, and that's Sci-Fi spelled like the television network, S-Y-F-Y, Saturday Barto. And don't forget, the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce will be their live streaming, live Twitch stream. It's going to be amazing, so come on and check out your boys and as always, the Sci-Fi Saturdays. It's February 21st, 2015, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Come check it out. Bring your friends. Bring your family. Bring your wife. Bring your so kids. All bring your grandma. Free! free! Find us at Bartow1701 at Verizon.net. That's B-A-R-T-O-W-1701 at Verizon.net. Because we're looking for sponsors, we're looking for vendors, and of course, we're looking for cosplayers. And we're looking for you to come and check out our free event, because it's going to be awesome. It's out of this world. It's all about time travel. Sci-Fi Saturdays Bartow! Hello! Internets. My name is Johnny Womack, and of course, my partner in crime is Deuce. What's going on, man? Man, I'm very happy, very, 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 very happy to have amazing, amazing sponsor here. He's actually both of them are live on our podcast, <laughs> and uh, you guys may have heard we've done a few commercials with these guys. And uh, see, Sci-Fi Saturdays at Barto. Yes, it's an it amazing is. event that's happening February twenty first. Yes. And there's so many things going on. And I first of all, I want to take the mic here. You can take the floor. Sean Serdinsky. You got it. There and it is. Thank you for lifting your eyebrow like Mr. Spock did. <laughs> yes. He Damn does it. a good people's eyebrow. He does do a good, it is a good people's eyebrow. If you smell what the Mr. Spock is cooking. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I'm cro- I got a cross You're, you're mixing your metaphors. I know. I'm getting yeah. <laughs> I am, No, I'm the one that's honored. I am sitting in the room. My wife and I, Lois Lane. Yes, my wife' name is Lois Lane. Hello. Hi. We're sitting in the room with two celebrities. I, oh. fa- I tripped over these guys on Facebook, and you know, you got Deuce, Johnny, and Deuce here with us. I'm I'm honored to be here, and uh, 
It's the beginning of a merger of greatness, and I am proud to be on the horizon of such the event. I'm trying to be too deep. Hell, man, I'm just glad to be here. Thanks for fucking having awesome, me. Awesome, man. You're high welcome, five, brother. Right. High five. High five. All right. <laughs> <laughs> White guy high five. White guy high five, yeah. But of course, as Sean and Lois Lane both know, because they're listeners of our podcast, every episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny Deuce Johnny and Deuce starts off with the happy Deuce salute. Yes, it does. You ready, brother? So we do it stereo? All right. Perfect. (sighs) I just got some schmeckers on your microphone there. I'm sorry. Hold on. Trust me. Let me lick it off. It's been a lot worse on those mics. Yes. Yes. Good times. I'm sorry I brought rich man beer to the Deuce salute, but I have a a platinum uh, Bud Light here. Yeah, good stuff, man. Yep. Classy. Bernie Little is very proud of us right yes. now. <laughs> Kapla, as we say He's in the classic world. Yes. High, oh, high balling over here. <laughs> and they even come in like fancy, like skinny cans. I kinda, yes, isn't it? Yeah. Too it's, bad they don't come out skinny on my belly. <laughs> see how blown up it is, you know. Good times. Good times. Good times. I love oh, my goodness. So, Sean, we have so many questions for you guys, and we, we just. I guess one of the first questions I have is, how did you get into doing cons and conventions and, and all this? Like, what was your... Well, Johnny, let me tell you. Yeah. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <sighs> you already got me going. Yeah. No, my it. eyes are burning because I'm having a look at a fucking Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I love it. You know, and Star Wars is great and all. But no, seriously, I'm an old guy, as you can tell. People in the internet's world can't see me, but I'm an old, fat, bald guy. They can but see us on Instagram. Can they? Oh, that's right. We put up a picture on the Instagram. Oh, so I got I to gotta lie about that I'm being bald. But um, I started in the 80s. It was circa 1986, actually. Oh. I went to my first Star Trek convention. It was in Tampa, Florida. Um, George Takei, Mr. Sulu, Ooh, on, yeah, was yeah. there. And I'd never been to a Star Trek convention before. I loved it. I was born in 1967, mm-hmm. and 67's when Star Trek, the original, debuted, of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. Um, huge fan. When I was a little kid, I was not scared of monsters under my bed. I was scared the Horta was under my bed. <laughs> nice. Know, and I'd walk out, I'd look down and said, well, it didn't say no kill eyes, so I'm good. <laughs> look it up, Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but I went to the Star Trek convention, had a blast. Um, I made my own costume. It was Mr. Spock costume. I found a blue sweatshirt that was the same color as the blue, the blue sweatshirt from his. Spock. Yeah. Got me a little emblem, and I oh, glued it cool. on. I had hair then. It was kind of like the Beatles haircut. <laughs> and I went and had a good time. Met a lot of great friends, went by myself. I drove my, uh, uh, what was it? It was a 19, gosh, I got to remember what, what it was. Anyway, the car I had was an air car. It was like a Ford Probe or something. So, you know, it was like, ooh, like a spaceship. Anyway, made a lot of good connections. Um, I ran into a guy. Um, his name was Mark. Um, and he was over the panels and the entertainment end of the conventions. Um, next thing I know, I'm being drugged back stage and meeting George Takai, and I got to shake his hand. And uh, flash forward to the next year, had another convention going on, and I was called and asked if I'd like to do some panel discussions. They gave me a breakout room in a hotel, which was, I believe, a Marriott, No, it was a Hilton. I'm sorry. It was a Hilton. They brought me back and said, we want you to do some panels. Come up with five panel discussions for me. You're the new panel guy. 
because we liked you so much. And this is before internet and all that, and you know, I yeah, barely research, had a yeah. yeah, and I had a cell phone and uh, you know all that. And I was calling and talking to these guys and. Years later, flash forward, um, I'm the entertainment coordinator for what the, what is called Volcon, uh, which is a huge convention circuit that does all of Florida south and uh, all up in the southeast coast and uh, north uh, um, south and uh, north coast of the United States. They're flying me all over the place, and I become really good friends with the likes of. Uh, uh, Mr. Bill Shatner, wow. Whoopi Goldberg, nice. Denise Crosby. I'm, I'm having them in my phone, which I now have a cell phone, you know, and the, yeah. as the time yeah. goes. I was with them for close to 24 years. Wow. And yeah. uh, that's pretty much how I got in. Um, I've had George Takai hit on me because, you know, of course, right. he's yeah. a, Oh, my. He, yes, oh, my. <laughs> I, I will never forget I was sitting next to him in a urinal, and I'm like, is this guy looking at my junk or? <laughs> oh crap! Am I looking at his junk? But anyway, no. All joking aside, great people, and that's pretty much how Sean broke into the convention circuit. Wow. Long story short, I was a lucky son of a bitch. That's all I can tell you. So well, that's that's truthfully what it is in any business, no matter what it is. It's right place, right time, right connections. Absolutely. And it's just, but you know, yeah. You also have to have a good personality. You have to be a people person. Oh, you yeah. know, and I think you have to. You know, it's good to ingratiate yourself with people and kind of get to kind of like know them on a personal level because mm-hmm. they don't feel like you're, you're just talking to a, a client. You know, you no. want to talk to someone you feel like you have a, a relationship with, you know, and build that rapport. It's really important in yeah. any any sort of business, business yeah. industry, friendships, anything, you know. And I feel like that people can read into that. They can tell that you're an honest, they genuine person. Yeah. Rule one in working in a Star Trek convention or any convention with stars or media people, don't talk to them about what they do. Yeah. Don't go up and say, um, Jimmy Doohan, oh, I loved it when you built the tank for the whales and how big were the whales. They don't want to hear that. They want to talk about, hey, man, what kind of dog do you have? Right. You know? And what's your favorite sports team? Or, yeah, what's your favorite sports yeah. team? You know, what's your, what drink, What are you drinking, you know? Yeah. And, which I can connect to another one. You were asking me some good about con stories and right. things. Um, I can link this real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, the lady that played um, Deanna Troy, Next Generation, Marina Sirtis. Mm-hmm. Met mm-hmm. her many, many times. Yes. Very, yes. Yes. Obviously, you know who I'm talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. I was a very young man when I found Next Generation, <laughs> and, and she, she she, made me a very much not younger man. I'm like, hmm, I don't know what this is, but I like this feeling Let's right now. flashback <laughs> to Johnny as a, or as Deuce as a young man. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Deuce, this is your mother. <laughs> I, I found this ripped up poster of Deanna Troy in the garbage can. What's this white substance? Oh, it wasn't like that, was it? No, it wasn't like okay. that, but I knew right. when I saw her, I'm like, them girls are all right. <laughs> and that's when Deuce decided he liked girls. Yes, 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 yes. We missed that. But anyway, I made good friends with her, and she had a miniature uh, Yorkshire Terrier. Oh, wow. That long. Can you see that internet? Yeah. That long. (laughs) Very long. But um, she got a connect with me because I used to be in the dog grooming business. Nice. I used to be a dog groomer. Nice. And uh, I started talking to her about her dog. Dog's name was Skalagi. That's a mouthful. It is. Skalagi. You know, I I couldn't tell you the story behind it, but... (laughs) It was years ago when I talked to her about it. And when my wife and I, Lois, went to MegaCon about, what, four years ago? Six. Not yeah, Six years ago? I was out of the con uh, circuit for, gosh, years after at this point. Yeah. We went to MegaCon in Orlando, and we're walking down, and Lois had never been to a convention before. 
and it I keep hearing first it was her first day. time, and I hear this knocking on some glass, and I'm like, and my wife would look around and say, "What is that?" And we just kept walking and shopping, yeah. and all of a sudden, this person comes up to me and taps me on the shoulder, and um, he said, uh, "Are you Sean?" I said, "Yeah," and he goes. Uh, Marina Sirtis is trying to get your attention. She was on the second floor up above oh, the walking wow. oh, yeah, walkway. Yeah. Awesome. Walking you know what I'm talking yeah, I know about. Exactly what you're talking and about. Uh, she was waving at me. That's and funny. she came down and talked to me about her dog and all that. And that's the whole key when you're around movie stars. Remember this, internets. Yeah. You're around movie stars. Don't treat them like stars. Treat them like people. Normal people. They put their pants on like you. They take a crap like you do. They just make more money than you do. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's the only thing, and they're on cool shows. But uh, that's a quick con story. I didn't mean to bridge off. No, that's, no, awesome. that's awesome. I, I love, uh, you know, I, I guess one of my, gosh, I mean, it, it, I'm, my, my head's swimming with uh, questions. But yeah. I, I, my guess is, like, you, you, you started out, you know, the original Star Trek movie. Like, mm-hmm. is that that's what made you become a, a Trekkie or whatever? Like, what made you go, I love Star Trek? Like, um, what, what was the... The show or the Star movie. Trek Two: Wrath of Khan original, not this crappy remake. I'm not a fan of the new J.J. Abrams movies. We can strike that and, question uh, off our list because no. that was all behind. Well, no, it? Oh. no, it's okay. But I was going to ask gonna, you. About we'll that ask you. Those. I'm right there with you, brother. We'll, we'll, that new J.J. Abrams I, I, can take I, it, a flying leap it, off a tall building. And now he's fixing to get your franchise, Johnny. Oh, so good this, luck. Right with here all that. is what he's we'll, going to we'll, do. With we'll, it. we'll talk about that at a later question, but but what what so the Wrath of Khan. When Mr. Spock was dying after he'd put the mains back online. Spoilers. Who had... Anyone yeah. not listening to me has not watched Star Trek <laughs> or Rathacon, switch over to another channel. No, ne- it's, it's on Netflix, with folks. Us. It's on Netflix, folks, if you haven't seen it. Absolutely. So. When he was dying and they did the whole, you know, the whole scene where you're talking about, yeah. I loved it. But I'm going to tell you what really got my heart with it. Um, it's uh, more than a television show, and I want to get weird on you guys, but it's a, almost a religion to me. I believe it. Um, Star Trek was there for me in times of my life that uh, I didn't have anything. Yeah. And it helped me through some tough times. And I lived my life by it. And I didn't live in my mom's basement or anything. Yeah. I, I did get a life. Thank yeah. you, Mr. Shatner from Saturday Night Live. But uh, I loved it. it. It brought me through some tough times. And it was always there. It was a friend is what I would like to say. The whole franchise. Yeah, I'm an original series fan. I've loved the originals. I know are People look at them now like, oh, wow, but, you know, they remastered them. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I haven't seen it, but I yep. want to watch the remaster because I've never uh, watched the original series. I've seen all the original right, movies, right. but not the series itself. But I've been waiting because I guess Netflix has gotten the rights to them now, mm-hmm. and I want to watch them all remastered so I can really enjoy it and enjoy it with the, the better graphics so the, it doesn't take me yeah. out of it so much. Well, you know what I mean? Scene, the scenes with the ships and all that, when the yeah. Enterprise is flying up, I the Doomsday Machine, which is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. That's another question, wasn't it? I bet you it was. He I'm was. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> he got right. me. No, but, that's you know, cool. I'm, I'm sorry, but when they're flying up on the Constellation ship that's been destroyed by the Doomsday Machine, yeah. mm-hmm. it looks like you're watching a Next Generation ship flying wow. up. Wow. With, and it looks, yeah. they've done a very beautiful job on them. And I... I if you've watched the original series on VHS tape, yeah. get them and look at the remastered. They are fantastic. See, that's so. two things that are, are on my bucket list. One is I want to watch the original series mm-hmm. um, because they've remastered. And I believe all the remasters are on Netflix now that you can watch. Yes. My next thing is going to be I've I've seen the, the whole run of Next Generation, but not really in order because I was watching it on right. WTOG out of yep. Tampa. Mm-hmm. And it, it you just kind of got it all out of order. Um, so because of that, 
I want to watch them all in order, but now that they're remastering them and put them on Blu-ray, right. I figure three or four years, Netflix will get the rights and all the remastered ones will be on there, and I want to do a rewatch from beginning to end of that. We are going through Deep Space Nine right now with wow. that. With the, uh, uh, re- uh, they're not remastered, but we're going, we've started. We're on yeah. fourth or fifth season of fifth that. Season. Wow. The thing with Deep Space Nine versus the other ones, it's episodic. It's like watching yes. a soap so opera. You've got to watch. Yeah, yeah, you've got to watch them one right after another, right. which I think is why some people gravitate more to Deep Space Nine because right. they loved it because of that. Also because at the time, and this is thrown in the Wayback Machine, it was going head-to-head a lot with uh, Babylon 5. Which, which is another was, good show. another good mm-hmm. show, which was also very episodic, mm-hmm. both on a space station. A lot of parallels could be drawn, if you will. I think they're two totally Michael different J- animals. But uh, Jan Stravin- I forget. Michael J. Stravinsky. He worked for... He was uh, worked Next Gen, yeah. And he wrote a bunch of episodes. And he got pissed off with the Roddenberry and crew because... Roddenberry had a certain image he wanted to go yeah. with, and um, Stravinsky wanted, wanted to go, go another way. Yeah, he and wanted to go darker. He had he his quit. own ideas. And yeah. that's why Babylon 5 got created. I don't yeah. know if you knew that or not. Yeah, but yeah. yeah I do. I mean, I'm a it's huge Deep Babylon Space 5 Nine man. with hookers, pretty yeah. much. Basically, yeah, <laughs> so, and drugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And drugs. That's pretty much exactly what <laughs> yep, it is. It is. And, and Zima, because that's actually, I was, I've been rewatching I miss it. Zima. Yeah, they have Zima <laughs> things, and I'm like, well, you know what didn't make it to the future? Zima. But you know, you had that Zima, and you put that Jolly Rancher down in there. Yeah, that was good, that was good stuff, circa ninety eight. Yeah, oh my goodness, it was great. It wow. Was. Yeah, you know, well, it's a lot of fun. It's funny because like I, I, when I grew up, Deuce and I yeah. were, were product of the eighties, yeah. and so we we grew up when Next Generation was literally on. Yeah, like, it, was it was actually on. on. It was on like, when we, on air. Sunday. So you could catch it. Yeah, on right. Like so for us, that's like of course we went back. I went. I personally went back and I was like, all right. So this is the next generation. That means this is the the next generation. What what is the original? So right. I went back and and I watched and it's funny to see where Star Trek was to where it is now and uh, you know in next generation and I was like wow that's you know it's amazing where they what influenced the next generation because me personally like I always feel like you, you're your product of your environment so yeah, like yeah, yeah. like you grew up literally through the originals yes, and, and, yeah. and the movies so like that's that became kind of like where you, you when you think of Star Trek that's what you think back but when I think Star Trek I think next generation because yeah. that's where I, I grew up during that time I think they're all great in different ways. Like, and I kind of want to ask yeah. you that question. Like, if you have to put the original aside, what is your favorite? Like, what's your number two? If well, you have to, that's a that's a tough question. That is but. a very tough question because they all have really good qualities. Um, I'll start with my least favorite. Okay, uh, my least favorite is the uh, Scott Bakula Enterprise. Enterprise episodes. Um, it used to be on UPN, right? Yeah, because yeah. in another episode that we talked about, that was the one I actually really liked because that's the only one I can say I saw every single episode the night it aired, right? Exactly. And watched it a whole way through. And I love Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap, so yes. I was already on board, hook, line, and sinker because it's like. Scott Bakula's on my TV every week. I'm going to watch. Under- Hell, I'm watching that stupid-ass NCIS show because yeah. he's on it. <laughs> Look at it from an old guy's perspective that grew yeah. up for the 60s Star Trek. Though. Yeah. They've taken a show that actually happened before Captain Kirk, yeah. and they made it all this technology to catch yeah. the... And sorry about this, guys, but younger viewers and all that, you know, yeah. they showed boobs with the Vulcan chick, and they had sexual situations. Yeah. They did in the original, but it was but more, it was way you know, low key compared to very Enterprise. It was it was more ham fisted, maybe is right. the word. But you go and you look at what they did with the Enterprise episodes. Yeah, it made a lot of the fans pissed off. Oh yeah. Now I have some hardcore friends, which I'm going to talk about 
one of them that's yeah. actually coming to Sci-Fi Saturdays. Insta- yeah. Plug, sorry. Yeah. There you go. Um, we're all up. about the cheap pops. Yep, cheap uh-huh. pops. There it is. And uh, did I mention it was free to yes, come to Sci-Fi Saturdays? Yes, it is yes. free. Speaking okay. of cheap pops. Sorry, and that it was February the 21st. That yes. it is. And it's an all-day event, and not only that, it is family-friendly. It so is. Bring your kids. Yep. It is. But life-size anyway. TARDIS. <laughs> Two. Two life-size TARDIS. Yes, actually. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yes. My friend Brian Young, who <laughs> is actually, and I am not kidding you, is an actual rocket scientist. Right. Nice. He has worked on the space shuttle. He was the go. Yep, Delta yeah. rocket series that's going on right now still, Boeing. Um, he was the guy when the uh, shuttle was having problems, they'd call. Yeah. He's the biggest Star Trek fan that I honestly have ever met coming uh, from the guy yes. that's got like seven Star Trek tattoos. Yes, seven, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I have Star Trek tattoos. This guy can tell you where the freaking bathroom is on any of the Starship Enterprises. He <laughs> loves nice. he loves the Scott Bakula Enterprise, and he says it fits perfectly in the world. Now, my good friend Paul, which you'll get to meet at Sci Fi Saturday, is this February twenty first, and it's a free event. But he'll be there with us. Just joking, right? But he will be there, and he's like the most nitpicking person, you know? Yeah. Um, I think when Jar Jar Binks showed up in the Star Wars movies, I think he actually had a stroke. Oh, and he wow. Like talking. a part of his soul died yeah, at that point. And he started talking and acting <laughs> yeah. like Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. It was like, I think it was like sexually uh, fascinated by myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, my friend uh, Paul and Brian are both huge Star Trek fanatics, but they loved it. Yeah. And that was my personal, my least yeah. favorite Star Trek. If you want to go to my second favorite, it's really a tie. Um... <laughs> I absolutely love Voyager. I think Captain Janeway is awesome. Is awesome. Yeah, she's very close to Kirk. Yeah. She got kind of lackadaisy in the later episodes. Um, and if you could follow through that, but they had really good storylines. They, they linked to the original Star Trek and Next Generation. Yeah, and um, the Borg, which is my yeah. favorite villain in the Star Trek universe. Yeah. That was it's one of your only questions. because you're in love with Seven of Nine. I do love Seven of Nine. Well, everybody does. Yep. Yep. Tell you a story about that. Not on air, but anyway. Um, <laughs> censored. Um, it's. You're thinking about Seven of Nine right now. No. I'm thinking, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly where my brain yeah, went to. Yeah. So. You know, it's. it's uh, yeah, <laughs> I liked Voyager. It was it was uh, original Star Trek to me. It had the same feel for me. There Tuvok, were, you know, is like the Spock. You know, yeah. and you have like he did very good. Mm-hmm. But a Vulcan being too, a, yeah. a but a Vulcan being a security officer, I was really off about that because they're really? a nonviolent species. So well, I guess I didn't I didn't read that much into it. But I just thought of it as who better to be the security guy than the guy with no feelings that can actually judge everything fairly because right. he's got no... He won't get heated. He won't get angry. He'll be like, you're right. You're wrong. I'm you not going to correct you, Deuce. Yes. Vulcans have feelings. They, they just suppress them. them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and just... Tuvok definitely had some episodes where he showed his emotion. We all know about that. But uh, I... Um, like, I've watched them all. Like Sure. I, I've seen all the movies. I've seen all the shows. Every episode... Uh, Several times over, and Voyager was always the one, especially the last season, that kind of made me. Like you said, it, things kind of went in a weird direction. We won't spoil everything. Yeah. I mean, they're all on Netflix, whatever. Yeah. But like the whole objective was for them to find them, go back home, go home, yeah, right. go back home. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there was a lot of episodes where they were like they had opportunities, but she, I don't know, Jane Way made some really weird decisions later on in the last season. That I was kind of like, 
Johnny, it's called the Prime Directive. I know okay. the Prime Directive. I know what the Prime Directive is. And I, and General I, Order One. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I'm nerding out on yeah, you. So you're good. But you know, you got to look at uh, Voyager's Gilligan's Island. How many chances did they have to get off true. the, the island. island? And you know, it's true. I mean, if one of them back. had shot Gilligan the second episode, <laughs> that would have been it because then they would have gotten off the island by the third. So, are they all turned into cannibals and ate the skipper Eight, yeah, or something? Yeah. You know, it would have been. Yeah, I would have gone with skipper first. You get a lot of meals out of that bitch. <laughs> but then let's look at it at a production level. If you got them home early, yeah. we wouldn't have seven, eight seasons to watch right. a Star Trek. It's you true. know, and of course, you know that I'm not yeah. mocking you or anything. Yeah. I am mocking you. Are okay. you mocking me? I'm mocking you. Resistance is futile. I, I, I okay. will say on, on that one because <laughs> it's definitely on my bucket list to finish all the tracks. That's the only one I watched religiously the first two seasons and just kind of gave up. Because I think it was because I hit high school might have been more than anything. And it just, my social calendar started mm-hmm. getting busy with other stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's the only one where it was like first two seasons and checked out. Voyager got really good in the last two or three seasons. Because Seven of Nine showed up, but you know. But seriously, it really did. They started getting closer to the Alpha Quadrant, which is where they were trying to get to. And it was was enjoyable, more enjoyable as you watched it. What I loved about it was it was more of a fish-out-of-water experience than any of the Star Treks. Because even, like, Picard, like, he went somewhere... They knew where Earth was. They knew where yeah. they had to get back. Right. But this, we're like, we're going somewhere that's literally uncharted. Like, we have no idea where we're going. Yeah. We've heard things, maybe. But it's like, you have these different races that are kind of... And it's more diverse than any of the Star Treks, in my opinion, on the same ship. Because yeah. obviously, you to Deep Space Nine, you've got a lot going on yeah. there. But on the same crew, you know, have a crew. You know, you have, you know... You know, you've got Tuvok, which is you guys help me out here. So you got Tuvok, yes, right. Vulcan. He's the Vulcan. You have Chakotay, which is American Indian, Indian. yeah. Native so, American and Indian. his whole thing, the only one, if I remember correctly, out of all the series that was Native American. That is Indian, correct. Yes, which was badass. But Roddenberry yeah. was famous for that because he put a Chinaman in the seat well, in the exactly, original series, yeah, which a, was a big deal. A black woman, heaven yeah. forbid, is yeah. right. with a command yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. You're missing Neelix. Neelix, your, yep. uh, I love uh, Neelix. Um, he's in my airlock club. I hated Neelix. Oh, I, do you? I, yes. You don't like him at all? I, what, well, towards Lori, the end, Lori, or he, Lois is shaking her head at me. But well, towards the end, I mean, because I think I'll, I think a lot of people liked him in the first two seasons because he was you know more well, jovial he had and that happy. Gr- and, girlfriend or the there was an uh, alien Tess Tess Kess yeah Kess Kess mm-hmm. yeah and then like <laughs> second or third season she. Just, like, well, she made an appearance later on in oh, a weird episode, but yeah. uh, very weird. Very weird. Yes. We all know what that I is. Think one of the biggest issues with Voyager, which I love, by the way, but in the middle, yeah, probably about the time that you I checked out, it, yeah, is that it got campy. Yeah, it's like they were reaching for things to keep your attention. Monster yeah. of the Week of, episodes. Oh, okay. oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, let's go fight the enemy and let's try to get home. Oh, let's go to Ireland. Yeah, you know, and it just right. didn't make any sense. Yeah, land. right. Let's yeah. let's let yeah let's 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 uh, take a short leave here for yeah. two weeks. And yeah. I'm like, no one wants to take a short leave. We want to get home. I mean, yeah. what's going on? You know, the interesting thing about Voyager, which I thought was kind of cool and. Uh, was the Maquis entrance with the uh, renegade Starfleets that didn't agree in the star- Starfleet principles. I like that. But they shut that down so quickly, in the ep- and they should have stuck with that, well, you know. So. Also, like, uh, you know, Tom Paris, like, he, he was always, he's the anti-hero. Like, he's always looking, he was looking out for number one, and then you find out later on that he really does care about people. Yep. Yeah. But it's like he was very, you know, close, you know, 
Exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, seeing his past, he do flashback episodes. He's all about the ladies and he's doing his thing. And he wasn't even, obviously, if you've seen the first season, he wasn't even supposed to be on Voyager. So the fact that he stumbled onto Voyager yeah. is awesome in itself. And like, that was one thing that I always, I, that I loved about Voyager was people, everyone had their own past. Yes. They brought on board. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like, Pulling back the onion, the layers of the onion, kind of figuring out. Well, what. I'll say this: it seemed like with Voyager, it almost seemed like it told more backstories about the characters yes. than maybe any other series yeah, did, yeah. because you would see so many flashbacks compared to other shows where it was mostly self-contained, right. on the ship. Well, mm-hmm. and as so, Sean said, they brought in yeah. the original. They brought yeah. in Next Gen well, to Voyager, right? Yeah. Well, like Jonathan Frank, Jonathan Frank's, Jonathan Frank, uh, well, yeah. Wayne Rocker, he makes appearances. Q Whoa. makes appearances. Yes. Uh, John well, Delancey. That was definitely. By the I time learned I more out. about yeah. the I learned more about the Klingon religion and way of life from Voyager than I've done on any other episode because they really go into the whole Klingon. Um, Kales, which is their version mm-hmm. of a Jesus kind of yeah. way, and they and and I really enjoyed that part of it because I'm a huge Klingon fan. But uh, plus, Belana, she was she's half um, half Klingon. Yeah. So like, and that whole arc was amazing when she's trying to find out like you know is her life after death, and she doesn't believe the religion. She's the kind barge of barge of the dead. Yeah, it's amazing. Was, I love. Am I? Yeah, am exactly. I human? Am I Klingon? Right. Where do I stand? Right. And she was fighting the emotional thing just like Tuvok was. Yeah. Because you know. Cause, mm-hmm. you know she was Hispanic and she was, was a Klingon, right. you know. So, so there's definitely a lot of great, um, a lot of great episodes for Voyager. Um, so I, we might as well go down the list. Uh, sure. Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Thoughts on Deep Space Nine? Um, captain Cisco, one of the best Starfleet captains or commanders. He did yeah. become Commander. captain. Spoiler right. alert. Right. If no, you, it's fine. If you yeah. ever get a chance um, and you have time, Netflix, whatever. Go through Deep Space Nine from the very beginning to the very end because it is some of the best writing on Star Trek yeah. in the Star Trek universe that I have ever seen. I've I've I'm in the process of writing a Star Trek novel and I try to incorporate. And now that I'm on that level with Star Trek, right. you can see Deep Space Nine really goes into that's the way Starfleet was supposed to be. Yeah. And they really delve into a lot of things. We are in fourth season now, and yeah. um, the way they go with the Cardassians, and you know, it's obviously uh, doing the whole Holocaust thing with the Bajorans versus the Cardassians. Right. Um, the characters are great. Quark, yeah. um, I love Quark. Quark is uh, yeah, Quark Armin is Shimmerman, which I've met many times, who plays Quark on Deep Space Nine. Love him. Um, is just like Quark in real life. Yeah, it was almost like a carbon copy of a saint. He even kind of looks like him a little bit. So, you know. But, He's a uh, Ferengi, if you guys don't know. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. another race of, in the universe. Yeah. The Republican Party of the Star Trek yeah. universe. They're all about <laughs> profit. I'm not knocking my party. I'm sorry, but yeah. that's what they are. That's what they're yeah. portrayed with, you know. So. Well, I loved it because Deuce and I are big Buffy fans, and he yeah. played he played the principal yes, on Buffy the, the Vampire Slayer. Season. So the first yep. two seasons. Right, and yeah. so they had to go back and forth like, all right, is this is a scheduling on Deep Space Nine. Here's the scheduling for Buffy. So like, he would alter, like, there'd be yeah. three episodes where you just didn't see him, and yeah. then he'd show up, and he's like, hey, Buffy, get the class. And yeah. it was like, oh, he got like an hour that they let him leave the lot that yeah. day. So, yeah, I, I, what I love is I feel like uh, Cisco, like, I feel like he, he tried his best to hold the prime directive even even though he's he broke a few rules obviously later yes. on but i felt like he he had such a moral compass with him like i felt like every action that he made like you could tell on his face and his body language like 
he, he was fighting. You know, he was fighting yeah. himself. Yes. He was fighting, and I felt like he 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 was very redeemable. Mm-hmm. You know, I I just felt like he he's the model captain. Like you know, like in my opinion, like even though he had some decisions later on that were obviously uh, iffy, but like I felt like he he really tried his best to keep that code you know like more so than because we all know picard and kirk did things that were just sure. way yeah. uh, you know they they did what was more emotional and not as much with with what was considered correct cowboy diplomacy that's right. the way you would exactly think, right? yeah. exactly now, guys out in the intranets world i'm gonna tell you if you and your female friend are liking star trek or whatever go with deep space nine um, I can speak for my wife, Lois Lane, sitting right here. She cries and gets more emotional over Deep Space Nine episodes than anything we've ever watched. Chick movies, flicks, anything. There are some really deep, good storylines with Deep Space Nine. It's the most well-written Star Trek yeah. series, in my opinion. They go into things that, you know, it's just mind... It makes you think, and they do some time travel things that really blow your mind. They even do a play on uh, Area 51, yeah. It's called Little Green Men. It's one of the best Star Trek Deep Space Nine episodes they've ever mm-hmm. done. Um, enjoy it to death. But they, it's a good, it's emotional. It really sucks you into the story where you're actually enjoying it. So series-wise, it's the well, most well-written in my opinion. So For me, it's the one I'm most looking forward to watch because I watched the first and maybe a little bit of the second season because I was big into Next Gen and they... You know, Next Gen kind of, it was at the same time. They were both airing congruently, so I was trying to keep up with both. And then Next Gen ended, and I don't know why, I just kind of fell off. And and part of it was because, like you said, it was episodic. And I remember I missed like three or four episodes, and I watched one, I'm like, is going on like and i was just like well and that was way before netflix and they were putting seasons of shows out on dvd so if you miss something you just missed it it's no so. different than watching 24 yeah or yeah. uh game right. of thrones right. or yeah. you know right. and i can go on and yeah. on but if you well, miss one you're I, I doctor do, who yeah. I, for god's sake i agree you know? I, I feel like you guys make actually i never really thought about it till tonight but i think i do agree i felt like all the other shows and there's some cases uh best of both worlds Oh, we'll get into that in a yeah. minute, but and next generation. But like, there's, there's definitely. I feel like the other shows are more self-contained. Like you have yeah. your beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, that's done. Go to the next yeah. area. Check out the next race. There's someone in distress on a planet. Get it done. Beginning, yep. middle, end. Go to the next episode. But not go to the Deep next Space episode. Nine. Deep Space Nine, Nine was, was more like connected. You had to pay it, attention. It was, it was a little more. Uh, there was a lot more going on. Like you had to. This this action affected yes. three seasons later. Yeah. Like you know, like there's things that are a little. So the writing there was really smart. Not to give anything away, but the whole Cisco storyline. If you know what I'm talking about, not going to give it away yeah. for you. Yep. But it's a uh, it it's something that starts at the beginning. You don't know, and then at the end of the series, you're like, yep. holy Damn. shit! Like, yep. like they really yep. made yes. the circle. So that's complete. very smart. I like that. So like very writing. smart writing. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we definitely. Yeah, can't take talk more about Deep Space Nine. Awesome. I mean, show. Let's go to the best of both worlds. I know you brought that up, and you uh, want to slip into Next Generation. Next Generation, uh, it's uh, I, I might get flack on it, but Next Generation is my favorite series uh, of all the series. Um, mainly due to the fact that obviously I'm a little biased because, like we said earlier, I, I literally grew up when it was airing. Well, me sure. and you both did. Yeah. So, I mean, so it's hard not to be that nostalgia. You know, like it's yeah. kind of hard not to break away from that. But for me, it's like there's just so many. 
sure they're more self-contained, but they're so diverse. Right. The, I think it's the most diverse of any of the shows. Like, there's things going on left and right, stuff with stuff with uh, uh, Worf and his thing, and like everyone's doing their own little thing. And Data, everyone's so different as well. Kind of, kind of like Voyager in a way. Everyone kind of is so different. They have their own stories. Right. But some of the just Data yeah. alone, like his backstory is. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved it because, like, I because he he's kind of like the opposite yeah. of a of a um, Vulcan. Vulcan. Yeah. He yeah. wants mm-hmm. to get the emotion. Yeah. He wants to know what it's like. Yep. He doesn't understand, and like he he and everything he, with his brother. He wants right. to be human, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, lore, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness, there's some amazing mm-hmm. episodes with that. But like his cat, you know, so he wants to have a bit of humanity. And yeah, and, you remember uh, the cat's name? Hold on. Oh, I'm trying him. I'm trying Hold him, on. lady and gentlemen. Hold on. on the spot here not spot no uh it was an orange orange tabby yeah. uh r- really cute but uh, i like like you said he was trying to be human and you know yeah. he actually had a girlfriend for a little while that he dated which was interesting yep. and like the in the whole episode where they put him on trial and it's like mm-hmm. are you, of a man yeah yep. it was he, an amazing he, he is so endearing for someone that is not human you know there's yeah. the, and i think Picard even said that when he for, for the yeah. jury, he was like, "There's more humanity in Data than there is most people sitting in the stands right yeah. now." Like I felt like he he just he obviously he's cognitively you know with his computer processors and all that stuff. And Android is pretty much robotic, right? So like he right. has that knowledge instantly. He knows things. He can recall data. Uh, he can recall different things. And uh, but I, I felt like that first season with uh, you mentioned the beautiful. Um, Deanna Deanna Troy. Troy. Denise Crosby. Yeah. Denise Crosby. Yeah. Okay. Right. That that first season, I was like, "Whoa, okay." That was uh, interesting what they did with him and her, and and how he had emotion, and they had like that time together. And yes. That was you mean Tasha Yar. Tasha Yar. Are yeah. you fully oh. functional? Yeah. Oh. Exactly. Okay. And all. Techniques. Sorry, I only know her as Tasha. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yar. Yeah, Tasha Yar. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, Crosby's granddaughter. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, like, I was like, "All right, so." This android, okay, interesting. And then he went on some amazing arcs. But like, I felt like with Next Generation, Ronald D. Moore, the the main writer, yes, um, who's amazing, he w- who is an amazing writer. Absolutely, uh, he went on to do the the. And this is arguable because I have no idea where your thoughts are on the the 2005 Battlestar Galactica. But he went on to write that yeah. show, and I, I love that show. And also, he's doing the new uh, Outlander, which he is on is Stars, Stars. Which, yeah. if you have not watched that, yeah. is huh. just it is phenomenal. I watched it yet. Uh, you got to do it. It's it literally. I only bought stars just to watch that. Wow. So like, yeah. I paid a ten dollars a month. Right. So every Saturday Wait, they're night, not, they're like, not a sponsor on your show here, are they? No, 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 they no. ain't paying my cable bill. We'll, ed- no. we'll edit that out and just call it <laughs> yes. like Mars or something. Like right. That. <laughs> yeah, whatever. whatever. Uh, but he wrote that episode, "Best of Both Worlds," uh, part one and part two, yeah. and like that, that. That was season three. I think season three is really where Next Generation took off. Because the yeah. first two seasons were the so... The first season was wonky All as over the place. Like, it and was the weird with, with any show, you have to have the seasons where you introduce the characters. You know, here you are. Look at what Star Trek The Next Generation had to come up against. You know, it's true. The original Star Trek was so iconic and mm-hmm. everyone loved it. Right. When I, on Wednesday night on UPN, when they premiered it, yeah. two-hour episode... And that son of a bitch saucer section came loose from the main drive. I turned the TV off. I'm not watching. Are you serious? This. I said I'm not watching this shit. I'm not watching it. <laughs> You're like I'm out. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I gave it the few minutes, and then I turned it back on. Of course, you know because it's Star Trek. You know yeah. I'm going to watch it. Um, I hated it until Beth, Best of Both Worlds. Yeah, and that's the season three. And obviously, a lot happened in season three. The, the costumes changed, everything mm-hmm. else like that, and. 
that's when Ronald D. Moore really took the pin in that season, and that's what kind of for me shaped what shaped everyone's. You know, Wesley Crusher, his yeah. character was a whiny Changed. little. Yeah, he yeah. kind of had more deep and meaning, and you know, he was acting ensign at the time during that episode, and I just felt like. Patrick Stewart was a theater actor. That's yeah. his background. Yeah. He's a theater actor. Yep. That's mm-hmm. what he did, you know. And he still does that. But get someone that you know is a different being on, you know, being behind the camera. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, and for him to do what he did, I, I, Picard's had some amazing moments in Next Generation and some amazing episodes yeah. too. But Best of Both Worlds was the episode where I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I'm gonna give you my Best of Both Worlds story. Sure. If you want me to. I was at a convention. Yeah. It was in Orlando. It was at the. Uh, Oh, it doesn't matter. It's uh, up in, uh, and I'm, it was in Orlando, yeah. North Orlando. Names are leaving me right now. I was sitting in a room on the night the first episode was uh, being shown, and everyone was sitting down. All the Star Trek fans, people were in their costumes. It was a, they were showing it like on in a, a hotel on a projector. A, or yeah, something. on a hotel on a projector, yeah. room full of people, people in their Star Trek costumes. It was dark, and we're watching it. And then the end of that came. Where Picard comes up as Locutus of Borg and says, "Resistance is futile." Well, I'm getting number one right now. Yeah, <laughs> and when that went to be continued, which we had to wait a whole summer. Right, for the, that's true. People were screaming, throwing things. It was the most. It was like if you could imagine being at a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, everyone was throwing something, screaming. It was, "Let's play it again." This can't be. Is this a joke? Right. It was. It was phenomenal to. Be right. there, and that was my experience with that last episode from the season three. Then went four. They went to season, season four. four yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Best of the Worlds Part Two started yeah. season four, and I was like, "Wow!" I mean, f- the Borg in general, Next Generation. I mean, they you know they crafted that they crafted yeah. that enemy that for that, sure. that race, if you want to call it. And it, for me, it's like it's so iconic now. People say the resistance is futile, you know, and all that stuff, and how the Borg would assimilate other. I mean, that's. That's like saying you're Hitler and you're wanting yeah. to make the perfect race, and you're yeah. like, I'm doing this. Very, I always felt like Nestoration was really deep, like even more oh, very, deep, very more deep. deep than anything we've ever seen. I feel, I feel like there's. I have a book called The Nitpicker's Guide to Star Trek: Next Generation, and I have I, that book. And I open it up, and the guy's talking about how things aren't consistent here and here and there. You can be if you can nitpick anything, and yeah. nothing is perfect. No, right? but that's the thing is like as a fan, you kind of don't really. Unless you're super analytical, you don't really, you don't fault it for some of the inconsistencies. And I felt like with with the Borg, because remember the first the first time the Borg ever appeared was when Q brought them. Remember, and that I I was like, what is Q this? Q who? You know, and mm-hmm. I was like, what is this? And I love Q. I mean, he he, awesome awesome villain. If you love quote Q, unquote. you would love John Delancey because John Delancey, the actor that plays Q, is just like. The He's character, am- he is amazing guy, but I, that's I agree. When they it was called Q, who mm-hmm. Q snaps his fingers, you just think you know your your federation, right? And that was a Guinan episode. Guinan, Whoopi well, Goldberg, yeah, Goldberg was. She in that said one she's too. seen them before, and and she was warning him. And I was yeah. just like, and Guinan also, she's integral in the show too. There was that one season or one episode where everything's different. Like all of a sudden, and she's the only one that can tell that the that yesterday's are, enterprise. Yeah, and I was like, gosh, so she's super integral in that way. They made her important. She wasn't just some character they put in the background, like you know. She you know, the, she didn't get paid for doing those. She did it for free. She was a huge Star Trek fan. Really? Did she really? I didn't yep. know that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow, sure did. She she didn't phone it in. She was no, awesome, and that's the thing I love. She was stellar and knocked it out of the park on the whole. The she was casted as you know, like her the bartenders. Her, she is Ten Ford, yeah. uh, you know, the head of the Ten Ford deck yeah. or whatever. People. Th- the recreation lounge or whatever for people that are the not bar, the bar, yeah, yeah, I the mean, bar, the bar, yeah. 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 So and so she always would give advice, kind of like a 
you know, a no, good bartender, bartender would. You know, yeah. they would sit there and you'd usually feed your ideas off of them and, and they'd give you advice and whatnot. I remember that episode where where Q becomes human. He gets punished and becomes human. And he's sitting here like, uh, he, he doesn't understand. He goes, what's wrong with my stomach? It hurts. And he goes, well, maybe you're hungry. And he's like, how do you human? And, you know, he couldn't understand it. And he, and he goes, well, now, was it Riker said, now you can stub your toe like the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, and Data didn't quite get that reference. He's like, oh, okay, he gets it now because Data's still trying to understand the, you know, the little uh, colloquialisms and everything like that. And I felt like that, it took someone that was so high and mighty and powerful and brought them down to such, you know, human level. A godlike character down yeah. to humanize. That was yes. very, like, no one really did that on TV. And I was like, wow, okay, that's, that's cool, and then the whole Borg himself. I mean, that that's really touchy. Like when you when you talk about what they do and everything. I mean, I I feel that so deep. Like I get super analytical about Next Generation because I've I've watched every episode hundreds of times, mm-hmm. and and I can't wait to buy the Blu-rays because they look amazing. Uh, and I just Jerry Goldsmith, the composer, he did the original Star Trek, and he did he Absolutely. did he composed all the themes of all the shows, and the, the dude really brought the music. I know a lot of people don't talk about music uh, in shows and movies. I'm a big a proponent, big, guy, big, yeah. big music guy, and I felt like he in all the shows. Like I felt like he, his way of putting in music where it needed to be. He, he wasn't blatant. Like right. everything, every scene didn't have music in it. But like I felt like he was like, I'm gonna throw music in here. I'm gonna throw music in here. Uh, and like I felt like he really brought like that sense of emotion and urgency into a scene where it needed to be because like it wasn't like over the top. Yeah. I don't know. I I can talk about music forever, but like I really love Jerry Goldsmith, especially his his uh, original Star Trek score. Well, amazing. My next gen story is for me when I was younger. Like Star Wars is what got me into science fiction because right. I was. I, it was actually funny. I was at my uncle's house and something happened. I want to say it was a funeral, and he had to watch me. And I was like maybe four or five at the time. Right. And he had Return of the Jedi that he had taped off like HBO, <laughs> and he throws it in, and I watch it. And I'm like, this is the best thing ever. And for two years, I didn't know that there was any other Star Wars movie. <laughs> I thought that Return of the Jedi was it. So That's funny. like, I, he gave me the tape, and I watched it, and then I watched the rest of the Star Wars movies. But then I got to 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 see the original Star Trek movies with yeah. the original cast. Right. And then Next Gen came on. That was about middle school time. And that's when I really started to like sci-fi because I was like, wait a second. This is a way to tell basically morality tales on a on a like a bigger scale. Like yes, we're using sci fi and we're using aliens with, you know, right. rubber things on their foreheads. Right. But it's, <laughs> Correct. They're morality yeah. tales is what we're right. telling. And and actually that's one of the things that really I shouldn't say taught me how to read because I knew how to read in middle school, but was because you spoke you're doing a Star Trek novel is next gen novels. I would we had a used bookstore and I grabbed every Same single here. one that came in, like Amazadi and yep. Yep. the uh, the one where uh Oh, Scotty comes back and he's working with Jordy uh, yep. on, on Next Gen Relics. Yep. Relics, yep. yeah. They That's had the one. novelization of that and like good, a good bunch, show. bunch of other yeah. books, and that got me to read like actual, you know, books. It got that you excited have, about reading? Yeah, and, yeah. Sure. I mean, something yeah. that didn't involve people with capes and spandex. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> the thing sure. about Star Trek overall, yeah. and you know, you can bridge yeah. off into Star Wars and all that if yeah. you want, but Star Trek, um, it. it it's based around science fact. Yeah. And it right. draws you into it because a lot of these things, you know, when you think about when you're watching Next Generation, you hear things like wormhole or yeah. um, uh, black holes or anything like that. Now it's like a commonplace thing. You know, yeah. you hear it daily like, yes, these things are actually a threat to us now, you yeah. know. Communicators. 
communicator. Yeah. Well, look yeah, at your cell phone. Well, you I know? was about to say that you yeah. you look at what next generation. You look at the original with the communicators and all that, and then you look at uh, every every. I feel like every Star Trek show influenced technology. Every In single some one. Way, for sure. So you look at the iPad and Next Generation. Like that was. Yeah. That no was one was the doing tablet that was the that tablets we have now, time, yeah. and like it's amazing. I don't know if we'll ever have a replicator, which would be, well, be awesome. But I don't think it's. Far I mean, they're doing the cloning food yeah. now. The cloning. I mean, well, not cloning, but three uh, D printing food. Three D printing food. Yeah. Correct. So, like, um, hey. you, you got to look at this. There's technology coming out where they're going to add cell phones un- subdermally into your head right. to where you can touch them. That's the Borg, man. Right. I don't know yeah. if I want to go there or not, yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's things like that. Yeah. You look at all the the way that uh, people put the prosthetics on now when they've yeah. lost a limb. Look mm-hmm. how much that's changed. Right. You know, it's amazing. And it's 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 Star Trek. William Shatner did a show, and I believe it was on Discovery. And it was called Captain Kirk Created the Universe. And if you ever get a chance to find yeah. that, it was a really good little documentary that was done that way. You know, but. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, Star Trek is my life. I love it. It's brought me. I found Lois Lane through Star Trek. I, I've, I've, I've accomplished a lot of things in my life because of it. I live it. You know, um, in my day job, I call myself a red shirt. You know, because I just <laughs> and that's just the way I am. You know, it's just I, I'm just it, it. It is all involved in my life somehow. You know, I'm not like I said. I'm not living in Mama's basement or anything. Yeah. But you know, it's just uh, you incorporate it you had, into your daily life in one way or another. And right? it helped me deal through some hard times too. You know, I th- and, and I think just, everybody has that. Be mm-hmm. it Star Trek or or whatever. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I I can say personally, I've had some very well tough times. I've gone through. Deuce and I, we grew like up that. literally during Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like that was our year in high school. Like when they were going yeah. graduating, oh. we were graduating. Yeah, like that's awesome. so, yeah. so like we literally had something that we could like fall back. It was on our touchstone. It was our, I guess exactly the word to use. Yeah, because yeah. like it, it was like we were growing up with the same ages, and like they were dealing with like and that show. Not to drop on a Buffy show, but they they were the first ones really to do on screen female kissing. Like they were they were really yes. like topical, and I mean, also dealing with bullying because. That was yep. one of the first shows to ever deal with bullying. Right. Hell, it's the first show to ever deal with a school shooting. Yep, that's yep. true. That's yep. right, with Jonathan. I remember yep. that. Yep. So, um, she could hear the yeah. voices. Yep. So, I mean, there was there was so much in that show that was touchstones for us, and at least, it, not to get too deep, but th- I think for you, too, in some ways, maybe not as bad as it was for me, but that was a trying four years. Like, I, I've always said... High school is regulated prison sentences for everybody. <laughs> it's agree. like you've got four years of prison, and <laughs> you don't get to do it behind bars. Right. You do it with textbooks. It's true. And it was regulated prison, and that was my weekly, okay, this is the one hour a week where yeah. I get to, to like, let the steam out. It, it your, yeah, yeah, because, you know, you're not old enough to drink. Right. It's my one hour where I can relax and I can relate. And it's like, oh, I understand these people. These people get me, even though – they're imaginary, so we get what yeah. you're coming from. Like sure. we, yeah. we have that same experience in different ways, and I and I and I actually, I feel like even the the original series, like there's there's been there's been a few that hit me really really hard, and I, oh, yeah. I for me it's it, well well yeah because you you look at the crew, the small crew. I mean there was there was a bunch of people you know right yeah. but the, the main cast and how different they were, and and I and I feel like. The, I don't know. I, I love that experience. I love that. I love that moment where, who I hear something and she's like, "All right, Captain, I got this." Blah blah blah. And then he's like, "All right, everyone, you know, block in the coordinates." Blah, blah blah. Go to the planet. You see what's going on. And then all of a sudden, Kirk, he's just like, "I'm bringing my team down. My red shirts and everyone, bring them down." Right. And, and depending on if he brings down Bones or not, and uh, Spock, <laughs> they come down. 
they're like a band of characters. They're like, yeah. all right, this is what I want to do. Kirk has his way of doing things. Spock has his way of doing things. Bones has his way of doing things. And I love how diverse they are, but also in the end of the day, they want to they want to make their captain happy. Absolutely, you know. So like they have Kirk has that father figure uh, ability to him as well, where he he can lead people. Obviously, he likes the ladies. We've seen a few episodes sure. where you know he you know he, the ladies like him too, and he and my wife always said. Hey, Shatner in his A day was oh man Shatner was the, just he the was cheese, good, man he was, was awesome. he was a good looking he was a good looking cat as she uses that phrase and uh, I mean the dude was charismatic he's enigmatic like you still kind of want to know who he is you don't really know who he is and right. like even as the actor himself I mean I I'm a huge Twilight Zone fan huge I have to say Twilight Zone supersedes everything yeah for, like, for, for him it's like his trump card show that's why like that is the best show ever written period original black it, I, original, I agree 100%. it's the best show ever written i agree 100 um, and uh it influenced star trek and star wars and and um Steven spielberg roddenberry got a lot of the actors from yeah there, he did you know? nimoy was on exactly it. shatner of course uh robert redford was you know he was yeah. in there and they had and the cool thing was is like he rod serling he took actors at the time that were kind of breaking into the industry and so he would throw them in there, and Shatner, he had a little bit of, a little bit of experience. But people always talk about the Nightmare, um, was it 30,000 feet? That's not the episode I talk to people about when I tell people Shatner. And I go, I go nick of time, yes. back when he is, oh my goodness, that episode... Like I have them down, like you have with the original series. Right. I have with with uh, Twilight Zone. Like my, I know every episode who wrote it. You know all that stuff. And Richard Mathis and Rod Serling together in tandem wrote over 120 of the 156 episodes. Wow! Like I, most people don't realize that. Like Serling wasn't just a guy in front of the camera. That tonight's epic tale. You know, and his, you know his whole mouth and whatever. He wasn't just there just to narrate. The dude wrote. 96 of those episodes himself like yeah. it's amazing like the guy i mean he was a former a world war ii paratrooper so yep. like and he was all against war he, he thinks everyone should be you know harmonious and, and he even did an episode that he got a lot of flack for where he took this guy that was a soldier during vietnam war and he the guy was in the body of the vietnam soldier yeah. and he got a lot of taboo for it because he made it go well who's really the villain in this war, was it George Takai in that episode? He was. That was George Takai's episode. Yep, yeah. So yeah. So it was like, who's really the enemy? Who's really the good guy? Who's really the bad guy? Because we yep. all have things that we think are right and wrong. You know yeah. who? So he he was a huge guy. Like Sterling was big on that though. He was. Like you think the 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 outside of the box before that term became right, real. You know. Right. So. But he brought in Shatner for that Nick of Time episode, and that episode blew my mind. I have to like, find that and watch it. I don't remember much. Well, what it was was it was it, the the episode episode was he was a newlywed and he had he was like an office manager and he's waiting to get his phone call and they were in ohio and they were waiting on vacation and whatnot with his newlywed wife and they were going into this diner and they were like all right well we are the car got they needed to fix the car or whatever so they go into the diner and they see this little coin operated fortune teller and so he puts a, it's like a, it takes a penny or whatever. He puts a penny in, and, and it's really weird looking device. Like it has like a like a devil head on it with a weird like glass eye. So it's very creepy to look at it. But he puts in the penny, and he's asking questions. And all of a sudden, the the little fortune teller is telling him exactly what's happening. Like, am I supposed to be here? It's just no questions, you know. So he's like, when when will we be able to get our car fixed? And it, will we get it in two hours? 
and it'll say yes or no. And all of a sudden, the guy comes, the mechanic comes in and goes, your car's fixed. And, like, it's really eerie. And all of a sudden, he finds himself almost like a hypochondriac. He's, like, you know, going in there and kept putting pennies in, and she's freaking out. And he's like, you need to deal with your own life. I'm here. I'm in your life. And it was really, really deep. And I was wow. like, whoa. Like, this this is blew my mind. And, I have and got to find that. It is so good. I mean, it, it talks about life, death. It talks about uh, employment. It talks about, you know, uh, your future. Uh, your past mistakes haunting you like it's super deep and i'm like wow so it blew me away and i was like that's the episode i tell people shatner check that episode because he was he was good in the nightmare in twenty thousand feet don't get me wrong that's something great- on the wing of this plane yeah some and he's thing. good he's good he's good he at is. it he's, but he's he, he is i gotta watch classic nick of time uh season I chill bumps one talking about it, it's man. amazing dude and I, I i think shatner he doesn't get enough credit for I don't think he gets enough credit because, like, he he you have the Shatnerisms like you just did yeah. a second ago. Yeah. But and the guy's embraced it, you know. Like he he's not someone that's like I don't like Star Trek. You, you want to hear a really good William Shatner yeah, go ahead. story? Do it from convention time. Yeah. I want to hear we're it. talking about him. Yeah. Love the man. My favorite captain. My tag on my personal vehicle reads Captain Kirk. Nice. Um, by far, if I'm I'm breaking your yeah. questions. Captain no, Kirk. No, go ahead, man. Captain James Tiberius is Kirk, Kirk. Yep. is my captain. Yep. I remember Shatner, not Chris Pine. That motherfucker. Why are you gonna bring up that trash on I, our show? I, because <laughs> I hate that. Look at my contract right here. It says no talking about JJ Shrek. Okay, yeah. we'll get into that. But uh, first time I ever met William Shatner, I was sent out when I was working for Volcon. Sean, go out. Shatner's fixing to get here. Bring him up. Um, let's get back. No, um, no, he had pulled up in a limo in oh, front wow. of the hotel, and I said, "All right, oh my god, I'm meeting my." And again, I'm crossing that barrier, my childhood hero, and right. all this. And you're like, "I can't do this," you know. I got to be professional, so I walk up there, and lim- three or four limos pull up, and I walk up, and I look, and this door opens, and there's this guy sitting in there, and I'm like, "Who, who the hell's this son of a bitch?" <laughs> it wasn't him. It wasn't Shatner. Um, and I looked and I said, is that him? And I go, yeah, that's Shatner, that's Shatner. So he was sitting there and he had his glasses pulled down like an old guy would. He had huge hearing aids in his ear back when hearing aids were like the ones you dialed in on the oh, side, yeah. you know. And he was fat. And I'm like, who? And I said, all right. So I said, Mr. Shatner, I'm here. And he gets up and he walks with me. And I'm thinking, I've got the wrong guy. Right. So I get him back there and yeah. I get him to, to his handler behind the uh, curtain there and I walk up and I go, I said, well, I'm going to go watch this because I want to see him speak up on stage. Johnny Deuce, I'm going to tell you flat out, I don't know what he did or if he was a shapeshifter or if he took a, a snort of Coke or whatever. Yeah. When he come on that stage, it was James Tiberius Kirk. My hero, Kirk. He wow. either put his girdle on, he took his glasses off, he blew himself up. Right. Hi, I'm like, wow, holy shit, that's William Shatner, <laughs> <laughs> and that is my William Shatner story. I thought wow. I brought the wrong guy. He odoed your ass. Is he odoed my ass, <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And it freaked me out. I was scared I'd got the wrong guy up. Oh on my stage, goodness, you know. So, well, I think it's funny because you mentioned earlier, you know, when you meet celebrities to treat them like regular people yes i got to meet um mr george lucas um and it was back when i was hold on a second let me touch you yeah yeah. i get to meet uh mr george lucas because his son jet um he was having a birthday party at downtown disney at disney quest i used to work at disney quest right 
and he paid. There's five floors in Disney Quest. It's a fi- if you guys don't know, it's five floors, video games, whatever. Uh, but it's the, awesome. It's cool. Um, but the fifth floor, he goes, he he rents it out. He rents the whole fifth floor out for his son. Well, and, he's George yes, Lucas. Of course, Do whatever he wants. Yeah. So I did. I wasn't supposed to go up there because I I was a greeter. I was downstairs doing other things, and he goes, oh well, I have this person upstairs goes, I have to take a bathroom break. Can you come up and fill my spot? And I go. All right. I didn't even really know if he was lay up there, if someone was just pulling my leg, because you didn't see anything. You never went up there. So I went up there, and uh, they go, yeah, here's, here's Mr. Lucas, you know, and, and I shook his hand. I, at first, it was one of those things where, like you, you didn't believe it was him. Right. It's really weird, right? Like, your it brain is. goes, tricks you. You're like, this isn't really that person. Correct. Like, you, they almost look different to you, like you said. And I was like, and he, and he had his flannel on like he normally does. And I was like, <laughs> I guess that's all he has is flannel shirts. But he had a flannel on like he, and his son. It's cute. cold on Hoth. Exactly. So, you know. Well, that. Uh, but <laughs> the kid, uh, his son is really cute and really fun. He's hanging out with his friends. And they're all, they had like a, they had like a balloon artist in there. And they're doing different things. They had cake and ice cream and all that stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. And, he, and, and, and I was doing what you did. I didn't ask him about him or Star, War, Star right. Wars. I asked him about his son. So, so how old is he? And. You know, and has he been to Florida? Has he been to Disney Quest? Good and, he, and so he's all like, oh, yeah, this is our second time coming. Jet loves his place, and he recommended it and stuff like that. I said, have you guys go to the other parks? And he goes, yeah, yeah, we went to Epcot, and uh, he loves to do the test track and all right. that. And, and we were just, like, asking all these questions, but it wasn't about him. It was about his son, and that made it, it was really easy to kind of, right. like, you know. But it was really it made because once I walked out that door, like kind of like with you, once I left, I it hit me. I was like, I just met George Lucas, the guy who created Star Wars. Like it hit me, and I was like, Wow! I cannot, I, I cannot emphasize this enough, guys. Yep. You run into stars, don't talk to them about yeah, what right. they do. Exactly. Talk to them about life. That's because yep. they're people, yep. you know. But I, I that's awesome. It's man. cool, I mean, George Lucas. Man. It, but I, I do relate when it comes to what you're meeting Shatner. It's it's kind of this. It's surreal. Like you don't really. Are you really here? Are you really witnessing this? Yes. Are you really getting to meet yeah. that person? Are you really talking to them? Do they really know you exist? Like, because you, as as fans, we, we it's hard not to put them on pedestals. Like, yes, we look up to them. We we exactly. are because like with Twilight Zone and Buffy and Star Trek, like for me, those shows cha- literally changed my life. Like I'm a different person because of these shows are in my life. Yeah. So like when I because they they made me question, which is great. When there's something can make you question and make you kind of think differently about something. Uh, I think that that's good. That's a good thing. And I feel like with even with the original Star Trek, like I remember watching that and going, "What was that episode? The City of the Edge of Forever? Which, yes, that amazing episode." And mm-hmm. I go, I, I I I remember watching it. I was older, much older. Guardian Forever. And I remember watching it, and I go, "Wow, what did I, I?" My jaw hit the floor. I go, "I I I'm blown away. Like this is amazing." And I, and I, everyone goes back to the Tribbles episode, which is fine. It's good. Everyone goes, you know, everyone goes, "Oh, my favorite Star Trek episode is the Tribbles episode." You, don't you hate that when people? I mean, obviously, it's the famous yes. ones. People want to talk about the famous ones, but I, like they I had go a back. mix, I had a mixtape or a CD <laughs> that I, that I yeah. made of my favorite. Right. I had to bring that over because it's got a lot of good remasters on yeah. there. And when you have these countdowns, and you've seen the countdowns, best Star right. Trek episode, you right. know, right? Trouble Trouble's always number one. Right. Right. Gar- uh, uh, City on the Edge of Forever, you know. Right. And I'm like, I looked at mine, it's like, it's the arena episode where Kirk's right. fighting the Gorn, or, you yep. know, um, they blow up the giant amoeba in space, and, think, you know, it's different, because Star Trek fans look at, other than the mainstream, you right. know, people it's true. looking at, you know, and, which bridges into the J.J. Trek world where... Well, I was going to ask you about that. Okay. So before we get into the Abrams world, we're going to take a small break. Thank you for listening to the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce with this special part one episode of 
Sci-Fi, Saturdays, Bartow, featuring Sean Sardinsky and Lois Lane. As always, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show. We're also on Twitter at HH Podcast Show. And don't forget to send us your emails for our future mailbag episode, hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. And as always, when you're listening to the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce, there are two hashtags that you have to put in your Twitter machine or your social media of choice. It is hashtag happy hour podcast and hashtag deuce is on the loose. See ya.